Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints. Hi everybody and welcome to quite the interview from Quite the Thing Media where I speak to independent podcasters, creators, industry leaders, creative thinkers and plenty of people in between letting them tell their story without constraints. And joining me today, I have Aubrey and Emily from National Treasure Hunt. How are you both? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for for having us. I'm Aubrey, for everyone listening. Yeah, I'm Emily. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, It's a beautiful day here. Uh, So really doing doing very well. Right, that is great to know. It's um, nighttime here, obviously. I'm over (laughs) in... Uh, over in Scotland, but every every journey starts with that first question. So it's kind of sneaky. I've kind of put three questions into one to start with, just to get the ball rolling. So, can you tell me what is your podcast? How did it come about, and how long have you been going? Yeah, absolutely. It is the age-old question to start the story. So as you mentioned, we are from the National Treasure Hunt podcast, and we have been on the airwaves since July of 2020. But as we were just discussing before we started recording, it's kind of fun for Emily and myself to be here today because this is around the time last year when we had started formulating the idea for this show. Um Long story short, what what National Treasure Hunt is, it's a very niche podcast where we take a look at the National Treasure film franchise from just about every perspective you can possibly imagine, whether that be film studies and film production or science or history or ethics or music, you name it, we cover it on the show um, from our very specific National Treasure lens. And um, I love the question of how we got started because I feel like it's a, it's pretty classic and also um, it's pretty funny. I see Emily smiling because she's probably going to remember when I literally got out of the shower one day and like called her immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so So the way it came about, I was in the shower listening to a podcast and um and on that podcast the the host was interviewing someone who has an entire podcast series about the back to the future film franchise and i quite literally thought oh if they can do that with like three back to the future movies we can do that with two national treasure movies and all of the ideas we have for a third so uh, so yeah, I got out of the shower. I called Emily, who is my former college roommate, and we hadn't spoken in a while, but for some reason you picked up the phone, Emily. Why'd you do that? I don't know. I saw Aubrey calling and I thought it must be important. <laughs> <laughs> and it obviously was because that's how we started. I suppose the first question that pops to mind, I presume you get asked it all the time, why National Treasure Hunt? Yeah. So why the National Treasure films, first and foremost, when Emily and I were roommates in college, we used to joke that we had absolutely nothing in common other than the fact that we both really liked the National Treasure movies. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is that, Do you think that's still true, Em? Um, I, I think it kind of is, yeah. 
<laughs> so we really bonded over that. And, and the name actually comes from the fact that after we graduated from college in 2015, uh, we took a, a long weekend together in Washington, D.C. to visit all of the sites where National Treasure filmed, and we called it our own personal National Treasure Hunt. So, Right. Okay. I'll admit, I don't think I have ever watched it, to be perfectly honest with you. I know big surprises. Am I getting mixed up? Is this the Nicolas Cage? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I quite like Nicolas Cage in in certain things. Connor is a particular favourite. You have mentioned that as a a shared interest between yourself, Aubrey, and Emily. Was there any other discussions about other films that you may have thought about doing, or was it just we are going with Nicolas Cage here all the way. Emily? It, it, yeah, it was basically just straight up national treasure <laughs> from, from the beginning. There was there were no other ideas thrown in there. It was just national treasure. People have asked us if, they, if we think we're going to run out of things to talk about with respect to national treasure. And um, we just say we can come up with more topics for days and days. I mean, we just finished our second season. So we're, you know, 20 episodes in plus a handful of bonus episodes. And we have two more seasons at least mapped out so far. Um, so that we'll, we'll honestly be at 40 or 50 episodes without having run out of amazing things to say about National Treasure. <laughs> and is that how you have decided to do it? Your podcast as seasons? Because obviously you can you can be episodic, you can go for seasons. Was that a a choice that you made right at the beginning that that was the way that you were going to do things? Yeah, I think Emily and I are are both at different places in our lives in terms of work and school and and things like that. And so from the get go, I think we realized that we needed to make sure that whatever we did worked with both of our schedules and remained fun and something that it wasn't necessarily a stress to do, but something that we looked forward to. And in order to best maintain those schedules, I think we came up with the um, season format, which I think has been working pretty well. I'll also say um, before I worked on this show, um, I actually had a, a, a separate podcast, um, totally different on science and science communication. Um, but that show was not by season. It released every other week for about four years straight. And that was a lot. It became very difficult to, to make sure that we were managing. So by, by doing the seasons here, it, it allows us to re- regroup, you know, take a month and a half, two months off in between. It's not much, um, and it keeps things fresh. Yeah, I suppose that is something that you want to you want to do. You want to keep things fresh. Emily, I'm going to come to you for question two, and then we'll go to Aubrey. What was the first podcast that you ever listened to? Yeah, so the first podcast that I ever listened to was actually a podcast called Dear Hank and John. Um, it's still on. And it is a podcast that two brothers, John Green and Hank Green, uh, put together where they self-reportedly answer questions giving dubious advice. Um, And they basically answer listener questions. Um, 
I got interested in it because I'm part of the Nerdfighter community um, of the video series that they have together uh, called Blog Brothers. And I really like John Green as an author. So I got uh, really interested kind of in that format and being able to listen to just random stories that they were telling, uh, as well as interspersing their own funny kind of thoughts and commentaries on different situations was was really nice. So it was a, a comedy podcast that first got you interested in. Would you term it a yes, comedy yes. podcast? Yeah. And Aubrey, what about yourself? <laughs> I like to say I was a podcast fraud for a while because I had another podcast before I ever listened to podcasts. Um, but the first show that I actually listened to regularly is called Game of Roses. And it's about the Bachelor and Bachelorette TV franchise. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know. I have a thing for franchises, I guess. <laughs> and is that... Is that a more serious podcast or has that got a, a comedy vibe to it? How is that sort of set out? There's definitely a comedy aspect to it, but there's also this angle where they look at the Bachelor and Bachelorette as a sport and try to completely outline these TV series as a game, a sport, that there are contestants and there are certain things, there are plays the contestants can make to advance their chances in the game and get to the ultimate prize of, of winning the show, but also upping their Instagram followers so that they can basically be influencers um, in the future after their time on the show. So it's, it's, it's funny because it's like, who thinks of this show that way? Um, and the hosts are fantastic, but there's also this interesting, um, I don't know, psychological angle to it, if you will. And how has your podcast evolved and changed over the last year or so? Um, I think that, so one of the things that I noticed right away, because Aubrey, as she just mentioned, had experience doing a podcast before, and I did not, um, is that one of the kind of angles that began to change for us was just how comfortable we became with one another and talking through this medium to a larger audience um, and the kind of natural chemistry that we have as individuals that, you know, like really shines in our friendship started to come across uh, on air as well. And do you think that's something that, I suppose it's a pretty simple question to answer, I think, is that something that you think is important, having some sort of natural chemistry and, and back and forth, and does a, a friendship help that? Oh, for sure. I, I definitely think, yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think of other podcasts that I listen to, and I really, I feel like most of the people that host them are, are either related or friends or married. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely feel that having that kind of, that bond and that just mutual understanding of one another and what each person thinks about different things is really helpful in creating a dialogue that's meaningful. Yeah, I think that myself, when you are listening to a podcast, it's a very different medium from a lot of things. And if you listen to a podcast over time, you do kind of feel like you're part of a, like maybe a three-way conversation. 
and building that rapport and community type vibe is something I think is quite important in when you're podcasting. Aubrey, any further thoughts on that, basically building that relationship with your listeners? Yeah, I really think I agree with everything that Emily said. I mean, it's one of those things where if you if you are comfortable with the person you're working with, it makes even the beginning stages of your podcast when you're still figuring it out, it's not awkward. It's at least charming. You know what I mean? And then what as the comfort builds, it just, you know, becomes more dynamic. And that's what a good podcaster or podcasting team does, right? It it invites the listener into the conversation where, yes, they feel like they're part of the conversation and hopefully it's inspiring them to think about whatever you're talking about or consider their own perspectives, et cetera. Have you either of you got any advice for people that would like to get into podcasting the only thing that has come up on most of the interviews that I've had so far has been go for it take that chance any further advice on that yeah I mean I definitely have another point which might also be fairly self-explanatory but I really feel like it takes organization and an idea of where you want to go to figure out where you need to start. You know, I think when people start podcasting, they're really excited, right? They have this great idea. They want to share it with the world. But if they don't take the time from the beginning to sort of outline where they're going and a reasonable time scale and, you know, how much time they can reasonably put into the planning, the production, the editing, the distribution, the social media engagement, et cetera, when people haven't considered that in advance, it can hit them like a ton of bricks. And I think that's normally when you see people fall off of the podcasting, even if they had a really good idea. So that organization, I think, can be really key. I mean, Emily and I, and this is maybe a little overboard, but we just finished season two and we have seasons three and four outlined already. You know, um, <laughs> I don't know. Anything to add, Emily? I see you laughing though. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm just laughing. Aubrey's a very organized person and definitely has helped to bring that uh, into this experience. But I think, you know, one of the first things that I said when Aubrey came to me, you know, called me with this idea was like, are other people really going to care about this thing? And something that I've learned from doing this as well as like listening to other people talk about the podcast to talk about other podcasts is that if there's a really niche thing that you're interested in, there is a group of people who is also just as interested in that niche thing. So why not take the time to explore it? And do you think having a niche is important when you, when you start, because that is what you will hear a lot and read a lot from podcast gurus if you want to call them that is that you you need a niche we started podcasting we didn't particularly have a niche and it's maybe had an impact on our listenership plateauing at a certain point and you don't really have anywhere else to go so do you think that's important having a niche or go for it if you're two friends you want to have that conversation and you're willing to put it out there then then why not give it a go I mean, I think you can do it either way. The benefit of having a niche theme or topic or audience, of course, is that 
there's less airwave competition. You know, I mean, I watch a lot of TV. I like pop culture. I could just as easily create a podcast that's talking about the latest in pop culture and television, but there are so many podcasts like that out there. And so if you want to reach listeners beyond just doing this as a passion project, you do have to ask yourself, you know, what is making a listener tune into my show as opposed to the 75,000 others that might exist in this space? So from that perspective, I think having a niche angle can be really helpful. But I mean, by all means, if, if you're passionate about something and there are already a million other podcasts about it, but you want to have the conversation and you want to get out there, there's no reason not to do that. It just really depends on, again, what your goal is. Where are you going? And are there any other podcasts at the moment that you admire? Um, so I, uh, my favorite two podcasts right now are actually um, a, their rewatch podcasts of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer slayer and angel the series um and uh the hosts have great chemistry with one another the two hosts started off married they got divorced at one point in the podcast and are really good friends now and are still doing it together because they had kind of a commitment to you know we said we were going to go through the whole series so we are going to go through the whole series with you um and you know, it's funny because it brings in, you know, stuff from the 90s and the early 2000s that isn't super relevant anymore. But because we're looking at it in this particular time frame, something that I think the hosts are really good about doing and something that I like that I think Aubrey and I have begun to do in our podcast as well is to bring in kind of current events and change the way that we're viewing situations from either the film or in the case of buffering the vampire slayer the television show uh based on what information we have now and the way that the world has changed since these things existed so that involves a lot of more in-depth and kind of ethical moral conversations that i think really open up and demonstrate the importance of something that seems on the surface just kind of silly like national treasure or Buffy the vampire slayer but actually has a lot of weight and gravitas to it and does Buffy stand the test of time does it stand up in today's society yeah yeah sure <laughs> I think it does <laughs> what about yourself Aubrey any podcast that you admire yeah, so I, I admit I still am a big fan of Game of Roses. Um, <laughs> just bought their merch recently. That was a highlight of my week a couple weeks ago. Um, but no, honestly, in terms of other podcasts, doing this show, doing National Treasure Hunt has given me such an appreciation for and respect for the independent podcaster community, um, folks that have these passion projects just because they love what they're doing. And so there are lots of friends that we have in the, the indie community, like um, I Drink Your Podcast or Live from the Code Bar, No Highway Option, Cage Off. It's another Nicolas Cage related podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, any of these, any of folks like those who just, it's a passion project and they care so much and it really comes across in, in what they're producing. Okay. We'll move on and get off the 
beating track a little bit. If you could go, if you could go back in time um, to one point in your life and speak to your younger self, where would you go and what would you tell yourself? Well, for me, I don't know that it's a particular moment in time, but it's definitely when I was a child, maybe elementary school aged. Um, I feel like in my life recently, and being part of this podcast has really illuminated this as one example. When we are little, when we're young, I feel like there's a tendency to not take anything that we do for adults to not take anything that children do very seriously. And it's just cute. And it's, oh, build your clubhouse, you know, have your little club of friends and, and do all this cute stuff, you know, because it's not real and no one takes it seriously. And for me, I feel like that perspective has really followed me through my life where I, I, for whatever reason, even now as a young adult, I feel like a lot of little projects that just seem too out there or too strange to a lot of people. It's just like, oh, do your cute little podcast. Talk about national treasure. It's it's nothing. Just like have fun. But that can be really discouraging. I think it could be discouraging to to kids, you know, to me back when I was little. I think it could be discouraging to people our age who are looking to do something that is just a little bit off the beaten track, whether that is a podcast about national treasure or some entrepreneurial idea or literally anything else. And so my advice for for younger me or really anyone who feels you know, relates to that mindset is it's really just keep dreaming and imagining and creating because any ideas that you have or projects you want to start, they're as real as you make them. You know what I mean? This podcast for us, Emily, correct me if if you think I'm wrong, but it started as a fun idea, but has really taken on a life of its own because we care about it, passionate about it, and we've put in the time. And I think that could apply to anything. What about yourself, Emily? Any advice for younger you? Yeah, so um, I'm going to take the opportunity to get a little bit uh, personal here um, and just say, so I have an anxiety disorder, um, actually, and something it was something that I I struggle with today, but I, I really struggled with as a child before it was officially diagnosed. And looking back at me, probably in like six to eighth grade, I, you know, was a very timid person. I didn't talk a lot. I was scared of things like really easily, like probably would have been scared of national treasure. Um, and then kind of looking at where I am today, right? Like not only did I go to college and live with Aubrey, but I also now have a podcast where I'm a co-host talking about national treasure. And I think what I would like to say to my past self is kind of like hanging in there. Like it's gonna, it's gonna get better and you won't believe the things that you're, you're able to do kind of like moving forward once you get all the right pieces in place. Yeah. 100%. That is good advice. And I think a lot of people could, if they could go back in time, that's exactly what they would say to their younger self. We're nearly at the end. What famous person would you like to interview? Not Nicolas Cage? Uh, it's Nicolas Cage! <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. He's, the, 
<laughs> the dream guest. I mean, not just because that would be a really cool thing to say, but think of all the cool stuff you could ask a guy like Nick Cage. You know, I mean, oh, that I would, it would definitely be one of those cases where our list of questions would be way too long and we'd have to make some hard decisions about what to actually ask. Um, and I just, on top of it, I don't know, Emily, I, I'd be curious to hear what you feel. Cause I don't, I don't think we've talked about this before, but if we actually got the opportunity to talk to Nicolas Cage, I don't think I would have any chill at all like would (laughs) i be able to get the questions out have a logical conversation or would i just be like (laughs) i feel like i'd probably be more chill one of the group for the first time in a a long time actually (laughs) but yeah would be that that is the ideal ideal guest i think that would be super cool but to be completely honest we would not you know balk at the chance to interview Diane Kruger, Justin Bartha, you know, any of the other cast members of, of National Treasure, that would be cool too, of course. Yeah, Nicholas Cage, very much on brand. And finally, what's your favourite episode, if you were to say to somebody, go and check out this one specific episode of ours to give them a, a good idea of what it is that you do? Um. So I think personally, and I think it's uh, because it plays to some of our strengths is that I would recommend our episode from season one. Uh, so number eight hunt for hypotheses. And that's where Aubrey and I kind of take our skills from our real life professions as scientists and put them into the national treasure realm to basically run a handful of experiments to see if the science and national treasure actually holds up. Uh, And I think that's just a really good example of the kind of fun that we have with the movie in general, but also the kind of like the seriousness with which we take uh, what we're doing. Like we actually did experiments (laughs) to see if these things worked and have on our social media pages, various uh, pictures and videos from those experiments themselves, as well as obviously we talk about them in the episode. Have you got um, another episode, Aubrey, that's your favorite or? I do, although that is a really good one, if I do say so myself. Um, So I I probably have two favorites. Um, The first one is one of our bonus episodes. It is called The Secret Lies with Seegers. Um, And this was just a monumental experience for Emily and myself, where we had the unique opportunity of interviewing the creators of the film franchise, the the creators of um, National Treasure. So in this particular episode, um, we spoke with Charles Seegers, who is a writer, executive producer, and creator of the franchise. Uh, We got to learn all sorts of interesting tidbits about the production of the film, um, you know, clues uh, that didn't make the cut that were left on the cutting room floor, um, who they initially intended to play the main character of Ben Gates. Spoiler alert, it wasn't Nick Cage. 
all kinds of cool behind the scenes facts like that, that you would just never know unless you talked to someone that was really in the room. So The Secret Lies of Seegers to this day remains my favorite, but I will say that um, our most recent episode that we released, which was the season two finale, it's episode 20. It's called Hunt for Washington. That is probably one of my favorite regular season episodes we've done. Um, Whereas Emily showcases in her recommendation the science aspect of National Treasure, I think episode 20 is a great example of the one of the history, one of the many history aspects of uh, the National Treasure franchise that we look at. And that's because we had the opportunity to interview a senior historian at the Mount Vernon estate, so George Washington's Mount Vernon. Um, not only did we get to learn really interesting historical bits and pieces about Mount Vernon, but National Treasure 2 filmed its central scene where Nick Cage kidnaps the president of the United States. They filmed that scene on the Mount Vernon estate. And so we spoke with our guest about the behind the scenes of filming and just how much actual Mount Vernon history was incorporated into the National Treasure 2 plot line that we had no idea about. So, um, so that was a good one, too. Yeah, it all sounds, all sounds very, very interesting. You do know you've been nominated for um, quite a TV and film podcast awards. That are the voting will be open by the time this gets to you. I would imagine either that or Saturday, the twenty second of May. Where can people find you online on Twitter? Um, I will post links in the, the show notes to your Twitter, and I think I'll just use your link tree in there as well. But a quick shout out where people can find you. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NT Hunt Podcast. Um, you can find, you can listen to us on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, really anywhere where you get your podcasts. And, you know, we always like to say, please feel free to follow us on those various platforms and engage with us. Uh, we love the conversations that we've been able to have with people about uh, our different episodes and some of the questions that come up as a result of the episodes. So uh, definitely feel free to check us out there. Yes. And once again, the name of the show is National Treasure Hunt. Right, guys, I think we will wrap that up. I really enjoyed our conversation. So, Aubrey, thanks. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. Uh, really looking forward to hearing this episode come out. <laughs> and Emily. Thank you so much. Right, guys, thanks for listening. We will speak to you soon. Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints.